This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm Robin Stevens and I'm a publicist. I started out my career on the other side. I was actually in front of the camera. I was a reporter for years and then became a meteorologist. So after 15 years of being in front of the camera, I decided it's time to get everybody else in front of the camera. So I get people on a lot of TV shows from the Today Show to Good Morning America to Good Day LA. Get them quoted in Forbes and Inc. and Cosmopolitan Magazine. And I've even created people's own show. I have two clients have their own TV show. So I create shows for people as well. But I basically do media training and get them exposure and get them out there so that everybody knows who they are and what they have to say. So that's what I do. I love it. Robin, thank you so much for being here. This is such a good and interesting uh, conversation, and I'm really looking forward to it because I know so many lawyers uh, want to know about this, and it feels kind of like SEO a little bit for me and for marketing where everybody kind of talks about it and you see it and you see when it works, but nobody, it's kind of mysterious and not everybody understands how it works. And in a lot of cases, especially with websites and SEO and things like that, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But PR, if you do it right and you get the right appearances, it's going to work. Like that is, you know, there's no question. You're going to get this massive audience as long as it's the right audience. But before I get too far ahead of myself, and I I know this is going to be a great conversation, but the big question we're going to talk about today is how does it work? So how can lawyers get interviewed in media? How, How do all of these things work where you've got this expertise, you've got things to say that the people who are talking about it may not even be as qualified as you are, how do you get out there and get your face in front of the camera? So, so what's the first step that you usually talk to people about? You know, where, where do they start? Well, they have to want it. That's the number one thing. They can't just think they want it. They have to really want it. Well, I think people get, well, I want it. I would love for my website to say as seen on NBC, as seen on CBS, ABC. They know those credentials help and it does help. People do. They absolutely go to a website. Oh my gosh, this guy was seen on ABC. This doctor was on CBS. They were on Dr. Oz. But do they just want the credentials and the notoriety or do they really want to literally appear on TV? Be that spokesperson. Take those tough questions. Join that conversation. And that's what's key. You can't pitch after the thought. The press is looking for tomorrow's story next week's story. They don't want to chase. They don't want you to say, well, I have five great ideas on how to solve this problem that happened two weeks ago. No, talk about the future. The press every day is up against a deadline of what's next. And it's a lot about how do we promote it. Tomorrow on Good Day LA, tomorrow on Good Morning America, we're going to have four tips of things you should think about before you sign a prenup. It's tomorrow. So join the conversation, go out there and pitch yourself, not as someone who can just talk about anything, offer solutions. The end of the day, people watch TV for solutions. They want to know, how can I fall asleep? How can I lose weight? How can I look younger? How can I protect my finances? What should I do before I get a divorce or sign a partnership with another lawyer or become a partner in an accounting firm? They want advice. They want solutions. So make sure your pitch isn't just giving facts. I can Google facts, solutions. 
and join the conversation and also know the trends. You know, what's going to happen next? Did we learn anything from Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? Is there something there that we should have thought, I'm not famous, but this could happen to me? You know, that sort of thing. But if you offer solutions and you're ahead of the game, you're advancing the conversation, not just joining what happened two weeks ago, then they'll say, I want to book this person because you're solving a problem for the TV producer. So how do you solve that problem in the case where it is something very timely, like you were mentioning the Johnny Depp case or, you know, some case, especially where, you know, this is what I'm visualizing, either a case or a topic that's very timely. It's headline news. And we're pitching and talking to those news organizations. But this is a thing that I might appear on in two weeks or a month, but the case hasn't even isn't even out there or that topic isn't even out there. How do you work around that the timing of all that? Well, for current topics like Johnny Depp, we'll go with something like that. Join the conversation on social media. Join in on LinkedIn. You'd be shocked how many TV producers are on LinkedIn. I connected, had a few clients on 60 Minutes, found the producer on LinkedIn. Join the conversation on Twitter, Instagram. They're on there. They're like, whoa, whoa, this person's chiming in. That helps for current conversations. As far as things coming up, if you see things coming up that people should have you know about or start thinking about, we'll just use again lawyers. More and more people get divorced right after the new year. That's a fact. All of a sudden, they're like, okay, don't know if I want to go through another year with this person. So start pitching those topics in December. Before you ask for a divorce, you might want to get your ducks in a row. Before you, you know, you might want to think about that. Pitch those in advance. There are things that we all know happen throughout the year, whether you're a lawyer, a financial advisor, certain things that just start to happen, certain things you need to think about. Those you pitch in advance, but it's okay to send subject line, I can join this conversation. I know what's going on. I have something to contribute. So you mentioned a lot of TV. Is there a big difference in these tips and rules when it comes to TV versus print? And um, is there a difference in the approach that you should have as well? With TV, absolutely say I'm available 24-7. They book on the weekend. They're around. And if you really want it, you will make yourself available. I mean, you can't. If Obviously, you're in a courtroom. You have a big case. But you need to say... I'm available. I mean, we watch these TV shows. I get people all the time on Fox, MSNBC, CNBC. They're booking all weekend long. They have shows all weekend. So that's a real timely thing. And now in the world of everybody doing it on Zoom, you can do it rather quickly. You know, as I always tell, kind of have a niche of your house set up, be ready to go and do it. Print, you can do a little longer lead. You can say, you know, to Forbes and Inc. and some of these business outlets and those outlets a little bit longer, send the pitch, button it up, tweak your speaking points. But with TV, it is about ready. I'm ready to go. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I got this. They like people that they can say, because people cancel it the last time. Major TV outlets even call me, like someone canceled. They're stuck on a flight. They can't get off their plane to do their Zoom interview or this happened or that happened. I need to have people in my dugout, put them in. They're ready to go. Well, yeah. And I find that anytime you can be a hero like that. So for me, a lot of times, like a website will go down and they work with a different company. But because I uh, responded to the email or picked up the phone at that moment and fixed it, then they are a client for life because I saved them that one time and they remember that forever. So that's a great way to kind of make a connection with some kind of a media outlet if you can come in and recover when somebody else has kind of dropped the ball. So what other things, what kind of tips do you have that they should not do when they're pitching either either kind of media, TV, print, any kind of PR? 
when you pitch, don't have this long bio. Just sum it up. Literally, what would you say in the elevator? I'm a lawyer. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm this. Not this long bio. They don't want to know where you went to college and all these accolades. They want to know that you're ready. If you have video links and you've already done some TV or you've done speaking appearances, put the video link. They want to see that you can talk and look into the camera. I mean, I do media training to get people to the next level, but they want to see the video links. Also, before you hit send, go to that station's website. You're pitching Good Day Denver. You don't want to hit send and there's an Amber Alert. There's breaking news. There's something going on. It looks like you don't know the station. You know what I mean? Think, okay, they're having a huge, you know, there's storm or this or that going on there. I'll send it tomorrow. Let me sit tight for a minute. Certainly don't call up the producer and say, oh, did you get my pitch? I'm a nutritionist. I want to talk about how to eat healthy. And there's a major crisis going on. You want, they want you to know what they do. Also check them out before you email Forbes or Inc. or this producer at Good Day Seattle. What do they talk about on that show? And you wouldn't believe how many you know producers and editors will tell me, people will pitch me. And I'm like, have you ever read my articles? I don't even write about that. I don't even talk about that. It's just now you know you're just randomly grabbing names and hitting emails. They would rather you say, hey, I read your article two weeks ago. I have more to add. I'm part two to your story. I can contribute rather than here's another blind pitch. I mean, the short version, like while you were talking, I was, I just kept repeating in my head, like pay attention, like show that you're paying attention and don't be so oblivious. I mean, you know, that just seems so obvious. But at the same time, I do see where you get into some kind of a routine and you're trying to pitch a number of different places and you just start to where that could be overlooked, you know, so it's something to pay attention to make sure that you're not just it seems uh, almost like a common decency thing, like you're not just having a faux pas and stepping in where, you know, you're making a bad first impression. Exactly. And like you said, know what they do. You want them to know what you do. And in the end, what do you do and how can you solve their problem? What can you talk about? Have your ideas already. Don't just send a bio. If we book you and give four or five ideas, that way, if they already just talked about it and they're like, oh, we're so tired of this. We don't even want to talk about it anymore. At least you didn't get the door slammed on you. You have five or six other things you can talk about. So give them ideas, do a little bit of their work for them. And the more you do for them and make it easy, simple, they book you, you're great. You And then promote it. They want promotion too. These producers and editors want people to read their articles. They want them to watch Good Day This, Good Day That. So the more you promote and say, hey, it was on the Today Show or Good Day Chicago, Good Day Wisconsin, the more you say that and give them love, they like that too. Because that's important. It's important to their boss. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It, all of a sudden, their reach gets further and you know they're doing their job better too. So you're making them look good. So what else? I mean, how do people really get started making those connections? It seems like if you're just going to cold contact any of these people, these contacts at these media outlets, that's just going to end up in a spam folder somewhere. How do you get through that those hurdles? That's true. That could happen. First of all, don't put attachments. Then you're definitely going to spam. But you could go to spam. You're right. It's who you know, who you worked with. And I've worked in TV my whole career, so I know a lot of people. But taking the publicist out of it, if you wanted to do it yourself, that's where social media helps. If you follow them already on LinkedIn, the producer, the editor, 
not the talk show host necessarily. Anderson Cooper is not going to book you unless you're good friends with him. It's the producer. So you follow the producers, the writers. You already engage. And before you even send your pitch, give them a pat on the back. You know, maybe retweet their article. I found this article fascinating. I just retweeted an article on Yahoo that is about how to solve the fast food problem and waiting in these long lines that we do when we go order food. And it was about how Taco Bell has this new idea. The writer wrote back to me, any guests, anybody you have, love to write about them. It's like, I, I didn't pitch them anybody. I just found the article fascinating. Once in a while, it's okay to just give a little love without always expecting in return. It will come around, but that's the best way to engage. Without just blindly finding newsdesk.com email, then you're just going into a spam of tons of emails. It does seem like so much of marketing and PR is once again, just remembering that everyone is human. And the more that you come across as sales pitchy or a robot, or that you have some system and you're not paying attention, like you were saying earlier, that's none of those things are going to work. So making those human connections. And at the end of the day, this is a serious amount of work just to keep up with all of it, to follow up, have those connections, appear as a human while also doing all of your regular daily, you know, being a lawyer, <laughs> all of those, those regular things you're doing every day. So at the end of the day, you rise to a level and then you're going to need a publicist for this because, you know, you shouldn't be doing being a lawyer and a publicist at the same time. It is hard to do both. I agree with you because at the same time, you're doing your day job and you're trying to keep up and their day job's the same hours as your day job. Not to say there isn't producers and writers that don't work at night, but these morning show producers, for example, are getting there at four in the morning. They're done by noon. That's their shift. So you need to reach them when they're there. So that's why you might need someone else to do it. But even yourself, before you go down the road and you know you want to do it, think about what do I really want to be quoted on? What do I want to be an expert on? Am I a divorce lawyer, a real estate lawyer? What do I want to be? That's our go-to. Because your ultimate goal isn't just to get on TV. Most people's ultimate goal is to be a regular contributor in Forbes or Inc. or the New York Times, Washington Post, regular contributor on CNN. How do you get to the point where they say, ah, we got to call Sue up. She's our regular. She's the go-to perfect for her. And that's where you want to kind of, you can't be everything to everybody. Narrow down what do you want to be their go-to person at. That person's the one that knows a lot about this subject matter. So, and I think I, I'm kind of leading this question because I have a sense of where, what, where this answer goes. But so what's the difference between appearing once on a bunch of different um, publications or outlets and then becoming that regular contributor where you have a somewhat regular face and consistent voice on a certain topic, even if it's just one network or one. Uh, so what's what's the difference? Well, they're both very good. So I have clients that are regular, you know, they appear all over the place all the time. I have other clients that are regulars on the Today Show or CNBC, Forbes. The difference is once you become a regular, you're part of the thought process. So the producer might say, so what do you have for the next three months? Give us some topics. Now you're coming up with the angles rather than them saying to you, can you talk about plant-based food? As a nutritionist, you're now saying, this is what I want to talk about for the next three months. So you're part of almost that production meeting. It doesn't mean you have a meeting, but you're now saying, this is what I want to talk about. These are some legal issues people need to consider and you're pitching ideas rather than waiting for them to call you. And I think people like to say, no, I know I have it. Every other Tuesday, I'm on CNBC. 
or I'm the go-to person. Yeah, that makes so much sense because for that producer, as long as they feel like they can count on you and you're doing the right work and saying the right things, it makes it easier for them to know that they don't have to keep going out and looking for different people to fill in those slots. So then for you, you can really kind of position that message to be more in line with the kind of clients you're looking for and the kind of work you're trying to do. And so then it just elevates you and your firm and your brand in the way that you're angling instead of always trying to kind of meet the needs of Forbes or, you know, whatever other outlet you might be looking at. So what other kind of tips and secrets do you have in in terms of PR and marketing and um, how to get into these angles where lawyers can get their foot in for media appearances? Well, like you brought up, being a solutions part of it. So the more you can solve it for them that they know, oh, gosh, every Tuesday we can count on Sue. Every Friday we have Jim. That takes a lot of it out of it. Keep everything in one email. I mean, make it simple. You know, we hate piecemeal. So if you do have a document where you want to say, I want to include this study or I want to include this JPEG, put it in one email. Again, the simpler it is, the more that they can count on you and you're reliable. If you can't do it, let's say something comes up and you absolutely can't do that media appearance, try your best to be a problem solver. Say, my associate can do it. Someone else at the firm can do it, if at all possible. I mean, you know, that's not always the case. But try to solve the problem because they're wearing a lot of hats just like you are, and they're producing a lot of shows. A lot of these people not only produce the morning show, they have the noon news. You know, they're producing countless things. Also make it easier for them. This is what would be great if you put on the web, if you put on Twitter. If you write that little blurb on Twitter, they'll love you. They'll love you if you write the blurb on Facebook. The more you can do for them to put it in a nutshell for them and hand it over as a gift, they will appreciate it. But I think part of it is just knowing what you want, what outlets, and maybe before you decide to do this and hire a publicist or do it yourself, decide, is Forbes a fit? Is it CNBC? Am I a Fox person? Am I MSNBC? and watch what they do. Study them. Just like a lawyer would study and get to know their client and what they're solving, watch them, see what they do so that you're not just trying to fit this square into a round hole, that you know that you're a good fit for them as well, that you're going to be comfortable when you're there. Would you recommend, because while you were talking, I was thinking about, okay, if I'm a lawyer and I see my competitor up on the news talking about the same topic that I talk about, you know, we do the same kind of law. Um, would you recommend going towards that same outlet or finding a different network or a different outlet where I'm not trying to compete with them? Or should I offer a different voice on the same topic? So should I go for the same one where my competitor is or somewhere different where they haven't had a voice like mine or my competitors? I think it's fine to go to the same one, but different voice. So if the same, and you're like, wow, you know, I don't know, Karen's getting a lot of publicity. Whoa, she's on this network and that network. They might gravitate towards that topic. So just have a different voice, a different approach, but I think it's fine to go after the same one. I would also say nothing's wrong with seeing who Karen's following on social media. See who she's engaging with and who's following her as well. See what's going on there. You can go after a different outlet. Sometimes a different outlet might not fit you. You know, it's kind of like the people who say, well, I love Instagram. Well, if you love Instagram, you're probably not big on LinkedIn. 
lawyers are big on LinkedIn. They're not putting a bunch of photos on Instagram. You know, even with social media, you have to know what fits me. If I'm a chef, I'm probably going to do Instagram and have all these beautiful visuals. As a talking head guest, a lawyer, a financial advisor, then it's better by Twitter and LinkedIn. So we, even there, same with the mass media, which platform fits me. But I don't think there's anything wrong going with the same one because they're not going to always have that same guest. I mean, we all watch, you know, even politics on CNBC and MSNBC. They have different political analysts all the time. And sometimes with these shows too, you'll be part of a panel with lawyers. I've seen it and certainly with crime cases and other cases. Be open to being part of the panel. Don't think you have to be the solo guest. Be okay. I can join the conversation. I can keep up with them and be one of the panelists on the show. And would you suggest being kind of controversial and having like a different message that you're saying or just having like a unique voice and being kind of authentic in that? You know, I've read so many various articles about being that controversial, eye-opening, questioning the status quo type, or is that too too much for some outlets? It's got to be genuine. If you're just doing it just to do it, like, oh, I'll take, you know, I'm going to say that coffee's bad for you, or I'm going to just say this to say this, they'll know it. So be genuine. If you genuinely feel that people have to stop doing this, and this isn't good behavior, or this is a step they need to take. Maybe you are taking a little bit of risk, and people might say, whoa, I never heard of that before. Yes, that helps. I have a nutritionist who said that having some pudding before you go to bed, you know, helps you. People are like, what? Pudding? That's fattening. But then she explained, it actually makes your stomach feel full, and it tricks your mind. So she explained it, but it was kind of edgy that the press grabbed it. Who in the world says has pudding before they go to bed? So sometimes it can be a reasonable thing that you're presenting. You just come with a clever hook that kind of gravitates people. But I don't think to do it for the sake of doing it, I'm going to take the opposite stand. They're going to see through it if you're not genuine about it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we I see so much, especially in the local news where it's like those really kind of sensational headlines just to grab you and hook you in. And oftentimes, as soon as you hear them, you're like, it oh, sounds so fake. And so on one hand, yes, say something that's a little bit splashy. But on the other hand, don't go too far. <laughs> right. And you can be clever about it. You, I mean, you know, there was an article that did wonderful in the Huffington Post. Instead of saying five signs you're dating a great guy, it was five signs you're dating a loser. So sometimes you can go with the opposite, kind of flip it around and say, not, you know, four foods that you should eat to eat healthy. We all know vegetables and fruits. That's a given. Tell me four things that would really surprise me that I can eat to be healthy. So you can do the surprise, the negative, flip it around. Just to do it, you know, and even as a former meteorologist, people are like, are you just saying there's 20 inches of snow or do you really mean 20 inches of snow? They will get mad, trust you. If you're not accurate, oh boy, they tell you how much bread they brought at the store and then you have to tell them, make French toast. No, it's not a good deal. So you really want to, you can't just hype it for the sake of hyping it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's, it's time for the book review. And I know you've got a really, I'm excited about this one too, because it's, I feel like this is going to be very memorable. So Robin, tell us what book you are going to recommend. Alice in Wonderland. Two reasons why. Not just the obvious one, she's curious, because that's what you have to be. You have to be curious too. So you can't be all about me. I think this, I think that, I want to go on TV. Be curious. What's going on out there? What's going to happen next month? What are the trends? What are people saying? It's about being curious. But there's a point where 
Alice gets to crossroads and she meets the cat with the big grin. And she goes, which road do I take? And he goes, where do you want to go? She says, I don't care where I go. And he goes, then it doesn't matter what road you take. If you don't know where you want to go, then it doesn't matter. And you'd be surprised how many people will say that to me. Robin, you tell me where do I want to go. Do I want to go to Forbes? Do I want to go to CNBC? Should I do Twitter, Instagram? No, where do you want to go in five years? What do you want for your career, your business? Then I can tell you what road and what path. But you have to know before you get to that crossroad, where do you want to go? And I think it's okay to tell me your competitor. I actually encourage people to say, who's kind of your competitor? Who are you watching that you say they're really good? If you think you don't have a competitor, you're wrong. Everybody does, right? So I would rather you say, I like the path that person took. I know I'm not going to be the next Oprah or whatever, the next Elon Musk, but I like the path. I can help you there. But if you're just saying, you tell me, then just like the cat said to Alice, then it doesn't matter which way you go because it doesn't matter what you get out of it. So you're going to have to know your path. Yeah, I love this because this is what marketing comes back to all the time, where we'll be sitting down to put together a website for a client and they'll say the same thing. You're the expert, you tell me. I This is bigger than just a website. This is bigger than even just a marketing or a PR campaign. This, it should and has to tie to the overall goals of your firm. And until you have those goals, we can't work backwards from there. So if the person that you're working with, whether it's your marketing person, your PR, your SEO, your social media, if they're not starting with your goals and working backwards from there, you are on that path where, like the cat said, you don't even know where you're going. And likely where you're going is going to be nowhere. You're just going to be kind of lost in the shuffle. You're just doing the same as everyone else. And you're, you're not going to get results or any results that you want because you haven't even defined those. So I just think this is so critical where you start with the goals. And this is what we do with our uh, marketing co-counsel strategy where we go into a firm, we set out a year's plan of strategy, and then we quarterly check in and we measure that and we have the goals. But until we have that strategy and that plan, you can't put the pieces in place. So it's the difference between strategy and tactics. People are starting with those tactics. They're deciding that, oh, let's just start throwing in the kitchen sink. Let's just throw everything at it. We'll figure out where we're going later. (laughs) We'll just start driving and then look at the map. And then it could be thousands of dollars later too. Where now you're redoing everything. Well, maybe this wasn't the right color for our website. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. So no, if you build a house, you start with the foundation. No one just says, let's build the attic and the, you know, the bedrooms will work on the foundation. You start with the foundation and then you build. Then maybe at one point you put on an addition to your house, but you don't build the, you know, the bedrooms first and people will do that. Let's do this. And what do you think? But you have to know where you really want to end up. What's your goal? And people that I admire about this, and one of them is Martha Stewart. I mean, she knew all along her goal. She survived even going to prison and is still, you know, making it out there. But she knew her long-term goal. It wasn't just, where do I want to be in six months? I want to make a little money. Where do I really want to be? Well, and that's what's going to happen. If it's, I want to make a little money, fine, you'll make a little money. And then what? You know, you have to have those long-term plans and you can't expect that the marketing person that's coming in that you're hiring is going to understand those long-term plans. And then, you know, we've worked with a lot of firms where they initially will hire us and a huge red flag is if they have a lot of negative things to say about their previous company that they worked with. 100% agree with you on that one. 
If you tell me your old publicist got you nothing, my other publicist never got me anything, either you never gave direction and you didn't guide, that's why they didn't give anything, but I really can't believe they never got you anything. So if you start saying they did it, that person, and pointing fingers, that's a red flag to me as well, because it's a team effort. It is, and it immediately looks to me like you, you don't have a plan. And you're just looking around externally for everyone to tell you what to do. And you're mad that nobody has done that for you. And in the meantime, all of these efforts that you're putting towards whatever it is, whether it's a website or marketing PR, they're failing because there's no plan behind them. So it's once again, like building that house without the blueprint. Of course, the walls are going to start falling down around you. And that's upsetting. And so I can understand why you'd be mad, but you're pointing the finger at the wrong person. And so step back, lay out the strategy, have those goals. And then when you meet the Cheshire cat and he's asking you, where are you going to go? You just lay it all out. Okay, here, I've got a 14 point plan. Here's where we're going. And then he can guide you through and tell you exactly where to go. So I love the visual because first of all, what's more visual than Alice in Wonderland? Like it's such a beautiful <laughs> book. And, and I like love the fact that she doesn't think everything's exactly how it seems. And I tell people with that, even when you go on TV and you're offering your tips, don't give people exactly how it seems. Maybe there's some twists and turns in there that are quite fascinating to it all. So that's the other part of it. She doesn't think everything's quite the way it always seems, you know, the quite the obvious out there. I think that's a great life lesson in general. You know, go in and don't assume that you have any idea. Like you, you probably have a good idea of any particular situation you're entering in, but assume that there's probably at least 20, 30% that's going to be different than what you're expecting. And then you can kind of, you know, roll with the change or the differences as it com comes along. So Robin, what big takeaway would you like our listeners to get from this episode today? I think, you know, if you want PR, think about it. Really think, do I want it? Do I have the personality for it? And if you want to go for it, you don't need to hire a publicist. So this isn't a pitch. Is you can do it, but do I really want it? Or do I just want, like you said, the logos on my website? That's one thing. But you already are a publicist. I think everybody's a publicist. When we go, when I put people on TV and I media train them, first thing I tell them, it's a conversation. Think of it as a conversation at Starbucks. At Starbucks, you're not sitting down at a table. They're getting their coffee. You only have like three minutes. Get your points across, but have a dialogue. So we are pitching ourselves all the time. I'm sure all of us have gone to parties and people are like, tell me about PR. Tell me about your law firm. You're always a publicist. This is doing it a little more formal, but a good publicist, just like a good conversationalist at a cocktail party or an event, they kind of know who they are, where they're going, and kind of can talk about it confidently and be passionate about it because they really know what they want to do. Without being too salesy too, right? I mean, just being kind of that expert who is understanding the topic and not feeling like, and here's my phone number and here, you know, like too, too obnoxious and in, in their face about it. And I've had clients go on TV that have, you know, done wonderfully. They go on TV and months later, someone will see that social media and it will be a brand like a Chase Bank or a PayPal saying, we want to work with you. We want us to be your consultant. So you will get business. It's not a coupon. It's not like a coupon where all of a sudden people are going to go. They will call you when they need you, but it's more getting comfortable with who you are that when they need you and they decide they're like, okay, I feel comfortable with this person, familiar. But the sales pitch and all that people can see. And now more than ever, my mom was, is going to buy Windex forever. 
She just is. That's who she is, okay? She's going to buy Windex and Tide. Now people want referrals. They want to feel comfortable with a the brand. They want to feel comfortable with their lawyer, their doctor, their hairdresser. It doesn't matter. They want to feel comfortable. Yes. Oh, I think that's so valuable. So Robin Stevens is the owner and publicist at Robin Stevens PR Media. Thank you so much. I feel like that was just chock full of so many good tips and so much value. And I just think PR is so critical for so many lawyers in so many practice areas, but it really kind of is a mystery. And so hopefully we've kind of cracked that open a little bit and offered some good insight. And so thanks again for being here. I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed myself. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.